Welcome everybody to this new episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. To, with me today, I have Karina Popova. She is the team lead for technical account managers at Datadog. Welcome, Karina. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me for this amazing um, interview. So that our uh, viewers get to know you also a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Karina. So I'm, um, as you said already, a team lead for technical account managers and Datadog. But basically, I'm um, an engineer with a long time uh, career, well, more than 15 years, and I live right now in Hamburg in Germany, but I lived before in five different countries as well and worked there. And um, yeah, I have a cat, <laughs> have a boyfriend, have a normal life uh, with focusing on IT, all my hobbies and interests are in this area. Mm -hmm. Okay, already something interesting there. You say you lived in five countries. So what was the journey before you came to Hamburg? Where did you live? Where are you from actually? Yeah, it was quite some journey because I'm originally from Russia and I um, did my first bachelor in IT in Russia. But then uh, I decided to try something new with my classmates and we went to Singapore for half a year and we tried some startups projects. And at this moment, I also received my scholarship to study in Portugal. And um, it was my master degree in geospatial technologies. And yeah, it's uh, cool stuff. It's if you can imagine a Google Maps, uh -huh. you basically take an image from satellite and then with a, some programming magic, let's say, you try to analyze where are the roads, where are the forests, and you can perform different analytics on it. If the area uh, is growing, for example, or if it's reducing through time. And uh, after this, I went to UK for a bit. And uh, somehow I found my way to Hamburg and got a really good job offer. I would never imagine to live in this city, but it worked out this way. And now I'm already for, I think, six years in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. So it feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to your education. You said you studied in Russia for your first bachelor degree. You did computer science there or um, IT. Mm -hmm. yeah, information technologies. Mm -hmm. So with uh, it's kind of computer science, let's say, but with more um, focus that I can actually uh, be a teacher mm -hmm. at school, for example, okay. and I can um, enable other people to use IT. So mm -hmm. that was the main focus. And I also did um, an additional education in economics. Mm -hmm. So it was more like how to um, apply economics and IT. So mm -hmm. in 2006, it sounded amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. see. Um, one question about your background. So you studied um, information technology, which is not one of the main, how can I say main targets of women usually? Um, do you have a background family-wise in IT? Did any of your parents? How did you develop your interest in this subject? I just um, I always feel interested in many different things, and actually I was choosing between going to um, uh, like history education to do some bachelor in history or bachelor in IT. So it sounded really crazy. So I was able, and it was a decision overnight. 
So mm -hmm. the last night when I needed to go to university and apply for something, I thought, okay, IT, because I really loved computers. I really was, uh, even that I was enjoying all the history and journaling and everything, I was still much into doing all of this with the help of IT. Mm -hmm. So I always saw computers as a tools which can help you to achieve something in life. Mm -hmm. And I thought I want to know more about it. And um, then it was a great choice. Mm -hmm. But I was, of course, a single girl <laughs> on my course, the only one there, and um, which was challenging, let's say. That would have been my next question, how <laughs> many women studied there with you. So you were the only one? I was the only one. We had some like additional uh, groups, whereas was, the focus was more on mass, let's mm -hmm. say, and algorithms. Um, there were some more girls. So it was my friends, <laughs> my friends. I assume that in economics, it was different. I mean, I, there probably were more girls there, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was other way around. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, more focused, let's say, yeah, more interesting crowd. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting that you would say that. So um, not only were you the only woman, you also found that the atmosphere wasn't as stimulating uh, among only the men or what uh, do you mean by the more interest the more interesting crowd yeah it's uh, it was more friendly let's say it this okay. way mm -hmm. i would never say that i had a bad experience working with men or studying mm -hmm. next to men but it was hard to push for my ideas always yeah, so yeah. I, I, unless with the time now i kind of um learn away <laughs> how to talk how to present myself how to position mm -hmm. um my ideas right but mm -hmm. back in times like 15 years ago it was really hard to be heard mm -hmm. it was really hard to impact the project by mm -hmm. being a woman and i'm really glad to see that nowadays we have a big change here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes i think that is something that a lot of women experience that they are not actively ignored but just overlooked i mean it's i don't even think it's bad intent um men tend no, not i also don't see it yeah so this is an issue we have been experiencing for a while and i'm glad that it's getting better and i'm also glad that you found strategies to to work around that and to make yourself heard this is a very important evolution that you have to go through as a woman you know just um making your Absolutely. ideas louder and, and you you also need to find kind of a balance because um, not all of your ideas are good. You have also to accept it. <laughs> you should be open to this constructive feedback, but you definitely yeah. to identify is this feedback really constructive. So mm -hmm. definitely. So then you said you went to Singapore to start a startup a project with some classmates. Were those from the economic side or from the IT side? From IT side. Mm -hmm. Really cool. IT guys and the project itself was about um, like in Singapore at that moment they did build lots of skyscrapers mm -hmm. and uh, the whole project was about planning office space inside of these buildings okay. intelligently that everyone will get the appropriate amount of space the way they need it but also um, if you plan it well in advance you can of course rent it Mm -hmm. way uh, earlier and so that was interesting for companies on the um, stage when the building was still constructed that they already can 
look at 3D models of this office space and understand uh, what they need, what they not. Nowadays, it's a simple tool <laughs> thing, but uh, when yeah, things have evolved. Before, but, yeah. mm -hmm. but that's not stuff that was around readily available at that time. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And it will involve lots of technologies and lots of, of course, business plans, economics, uh, trying to calculate all of the. And the company actually survived for about five or six years. Okay. Because then we are all got a bit involved with our life, you know, like I went to study in different country. The guys also had their own uh, career developed because they're really great programmers. And so... There's the ones who participate in all this worldwide championship and <laughs> yeah, yeah. so just the focus went and it was more a fun project mm -hmm. for us that we tried something we saw how it works and then we can bring all this experience now to the companies where we work yeah i think it's great just to if you have the opportunity just to try out um you know being an entrepreneur and having your own company following an idea just to see how it is especially if you have the opportunity and i also feel since you then went to portugal and you studied uh something with spatial what was it exactly geospatial Geo yeah geospatial um technology i think that ties in a little bit with what you did there because that's also um I think uh, same kind of technology, even if, if um... it's a bit, yeah, it, it's common. I, somehow I find myself always in observing the space, <laughs> <laughs> monitoring something, yeah, uh, trying to find some common patterns mm -hmm. and this kind of things. Yeah, that, that, that's actually true. Visibility, uh, it's it's some kind of visibility and monitoring. Yeah, yeah, interesting that you should. Uh, but I never thought that I will go so deep into monitoring in my life, <laughs> like <laughs> right now. Yeah, working for Datadog, it's another level. Mm -hmm. um, before we come to what you do now, uh, tell me a little bit more about what you did in the UK and what you did before you went to Datadog, because I believe you were a speaker as well, right? Yeah, absolutely right. Um, so I found uh, the companies that were very open for new modern ways of promotion of technologies. Mm -hmm. And because I have a very this, uh, extensive educational background, I was really good in um, presenting, being on the stage and with a very scientific language, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm losing now. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so uh, they were open to try something new uh, they had some startup ideas mm -hmm. and I basically decided to apply to different conferences and speak about this new project mm -hmm. and uh, the main um, area was IoT Internet of Things mm -hmm. which um, 2015 was like just a first popular keyword in Europe at least uh, mm -hmm. everyone was around it and it went super successful I um, was I think on more than 100 conferences speaking about it um, with different application with IT, IoT in um, um, health area, IoT in agriculture, IoT in security, so mm -hmm. different different topics and the product itself got really popular in Germany. We um, increased our sales by 500% per year. Mm -hmm. We received an award as the best um, uh, IoT innovation in Germany in 2016, I think. Mm -hmm. So it was 
an interesting combination of having a really strong product behind you and also um, going all these events, presenting it, seeing the power. My main task was not to sell it, which I enjoy, but to enable people and to gather a feedback back from developers then i would bring it back to the company mm -hmm. and uh, we would improve the product and of course this communication between developers and the product team uh, speed up the whole development process mm -hmm. so um you were something like an evangelist i think yeah exactly about making people aware of the technology um getting their ideas on what they actually need out in the field which is a lot like design thinking you know where you actually have this feedback loop between development and actually the users which is often lacking i think that uh contributed to the um to the to the good result you saw with absolutely it is uh, it's very important for every company to be open for this kind of feedback to have this communication going on because mm -hmm. um we cannot develop a good product without uh, feedback from developers it's, true um and uh it's funny that you say it was uh, a cool to be between this but i call it always that it's i was between two fires <laughs> you know um because if sometimes you receive a great feedback but it's hard to put it in a roadmap for the product and so yeah. you always need to again i'm coming back to the topic of balance balancing between these two uh but it's a very interesting job and it's very interesting um people you meet in this way so I think now I have about 25,000 on my LinkedIn developers and uh, other evangelists and CTO level people just with whom we can constantly talk about technologies. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, that's also something um, that that women are good at is communication, which obviously you were really good at. Um, that's uh, why you, you were able to promote this product so well. And the other thing is networking. So communication and networking is so important in IT nowadays. It's actually the exact opposite of what people um, think when they think about working in IT, <laughs> where they think you're sitting on your own programming and, and doing stuff uh, in a cellar. Yeah. Um, so these communication skills i guess they also help you with your job now absolutely now i'm facing customers every day mm -hmm. i think i have about three to four meetings a day mm -hmm. and of course this um the skill of being able to react mm -hmm. <laughs> on anything that comes your way mm -hmm. um being able to prioritize what is important what is not Mm -hmm. what can what we have to do immediately uh it's i'm thankful that i had an opportunity to be evangelist before mm -hmm. this role yeah i can imagine that it, this experience helps you a lot uh, in your current role but maybe you could explain to someone who doesn't know what a technical account <laughs> manager does what absolutely mm -hmm. yes yeah, so i'm basically doing the same i'm just um point of contact between Datadog and the customer. And we have a big enterprise customers who is highly relying on Datadog in monitoring. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, when something goes wrong, the first thing they go to Datadog, they try to troubleshoot it, they try to find the root cause. Mm -hmm. And um, because they rely so much on us, they need to have an additional level of support, let's say, an additional person who can guide them mm -hmm. and say, yeah, maybe you set up it it bit in the wrong way maybe there is a best better uh, best practice on how to do it and um i'm this person and then i'm gathering again the feedback from our biggest customers 
bringing back to the product, connecting them, connecting different products between each other. Mm -hmm. And this is what helps to develop a better product at the end, mm -hmm. which helps on a, it's an interesting position because you kind of see the whole company, you see everything. Right now, I think we have more than 20 products already. So, and I'm supposed to know at least uh, half of this information um, and educate myself daily and educate other people on it. Mm -hmm. And, but the way it's structured in Datadog, it's very easy to communicate and networking is the main point and I'm good at it, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, communication is one of your top skills, I think. <laughs> apart from understanding technology, obviously. Um, I feel that uh, this whole monitoring and visibility also ties a, lin a little bit into the whole IoT thing because you have something that creates data that you then centralize and analyze to, and then produce a picture of what is happening. So there is some connection kind of, I mean, I know it's not the same thing, but it kind of reminds me, you know, you have sources of data that um, come together and, and give you a picture of something. Yeah, and then you need to analyze it and try to find some pattern there and <laughs> try to improve Again, it. We're with so the uh, <laughs> yeah, I would, mm -hmm. a year ago, so I joined Datadog a year ago, I would never think that I would work in a monitoring company. Mm -hmm. I always use the tools, but mm -hmm. um, I never put really so much attention on it, which I regret now. And I think, mm -hmm. wow, I should have spent more time because mm -hmm. this is really a core of every um, business. Yeah. So the monitoring is kind of, um sometimes people say oh we're going to sign a contract with you for three months and then always comes a question um so after three months you will stop uh, monitoring your system really you stop um will you stop will your business stop growing no so and it's a big part you need constantly to look at it in order to be better serve your own clients at the end in order to earn some money so it's very interesting um part of business which i myself never thought before and maybe <laughs> that could bring me bet even better results yes you're right the monitoring visibility especially visibility nowadays is a big thing because especially as our data centers are getting more distributed you have you know your cloud you have your on-prem you have your users everywhere everybody's using data visibility is such a key factor to understanding what's actually going on what resources you need to scale what security you have to implement so this is a big thing definitely and uh, you told me you haven't been at datadog that long but i know you've already been promoted to team lead so congratulations um mm -hmm. Um, I feel that you, you're you really happy um, doing what you're doing there. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what you look for in a job when you, you choose um, working for someone or what you enjoy? Yeah, so because I have this extensive background in education and my previous work experience, I was in a position where I could basically look at different companies and make a decision, not a desperate decision, <laughs> but a, really a decision what I want to have. And in Datadog, um, I start reading a lot about their company culture. It was very mm -hmm. important for me, how, how people inside the company treat each other. Mm -hmm. And I read really good reviews and I wanted to try it out. And during the interview process, everyone was just amazing. Just, it was so easy. And being a remote candidate from another country, because it's an American company and I live in Germany, it might be very challenging, mm -hmm. but it was just so smooth. And 
I thought, okay, why not? I will just try it out. And if I don't like it, I can quit in a month <laughs> and go for something else. Uh, because it's still like Datadog is, um, I think, uh, in Europe, at least it's not so well known comparing how it's uh, popular in US. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I decided to try it out. And from day one, the way they structured onboarding, the mm -hmm. way how many inclusive workshops about inclusivity, about diversity, about all of these topics, we have it on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. It was just, it just felt good. Mm -hmm. And at some moment I realized I'm waking up every morning and I'm super happy to go to work. Yeah. I'm, the people with whom I'm working, they're all brilliant. Mm -hmm. And our HR, I think, does an amazing job because it really hires mm -hmm. stars, I would <laughs> call them. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, one of the biggest motivation, it's actually people with whom I work. When I see that they, they are successful, it also motivates me to work even better <laughs> and to be on the same level. And so that's culture, that's openness. Uh, you can text anyone with any question and the person would never reject you. He will actually try to help you and find the right answer for you or find the right person. And um, it just feels like a family all the time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to which department you talk. And so I'm coming from um, ideas that nowadays lots of people can learn IT. It's not so hard with all the these boot camps, with all the workshops, with all the courses online, mm -hmm. you can learn it. But what is important in the company is the culture. Mm -hmm. And this is the main point for me, the main point of decision. And yeah, I, I hear you. I hear that culture is a big thing. And I think we need to emphasize that because um, IT is one of those areas where you can always earn a lot of money. I've talked to a couple of women, and all of them have stressed how um, this makes them financially uh, independent, how it makes them able to structure the day better because they have a lot of flexibility. And this is our all reasons to go into IT. But when you look at it, um, it's the stuff that you're doing every day. So I guess culture is something you should definitely look at when you're looking at uh, switching jobs. Because also what you did, switching jobs or, or uh, starting a new job in the middle of a pandemic is is a bit of a jump you know it's 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 risky so it was yeah but i woke up january 2020 mm -hmm. in the morning and i thought first of january um this is my year i'm gonna change it <laughs> <laughs> and then when i signed the contract two days before the official lockdown in germany uh -huh. and it was very risky it was yeah i was lucky that it all played this way but yeah um coming back to um maybe a little bit of history, because now you're obviously in a position where you're happy, where there's diversity, there's inclusion, you feel like you're working for a family. What are the, the stumbling blocks you encountered along your way being a woman in IT? What can you expect? What would you uh, recommend women to think about when they start into IT or what they might just simply ignore because it doesn't actually matter? <laughs> I actually wanted to focus more on ignoring that. <laughs> Um, you always have yourself and you should be very good and self um, self-aware let's say about your skills and knowledge mm -hmm. and if you know that you don't know something yet just work on it just keep learning studying but never believe that you cannot mm -hmm. succeed 
you will always succeed. It just a steady growth and steady uh, accumulation of all this knowledge. Um, my biggest advice to everyone, uh, never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Always try to find something new. In IT, it's very important. The technology change so fast. Mm-hmm. And if you are not um, on a trend, let's say, if you're not reading constantly something, what is happening in this area, um, you can still stay at this job for 20 years. Like I see some people, they're doing it, but they're still on prem, <laughs> let's say. And uh, um, you have to be able to um, have to have time to grow together with the technology nowadays. So you have to and, adapt as well as the technology, not only, you yeah, know. You have to stay flexible at this job. You, yeah, there are some technologies which you might not like from the first sight, but don't hesitate, take your time, read about it. Mm-hmm. Because somewhere, maybe in five years, someone will bring it up and you will know something about it. Why not? So it's a constant curve of self-learning. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why, yeah, of course, there are some obstacles when you, mm-hmm. as I said you at the very beginning, I had a feeling that um, my colleagues just don't hear me. Mm-hmm. I cannot push my ideas. But um, if you encounter the situation, try to research more about how to influence people. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but there are some um, materials about it. And yeah. something will work out for you. But um, self-education is one of the main points. Yeah. I think that that's very well put that you have to keep on developing skills and this can be technical skills on the one hand because you cannot stop learning and the other side is that you have to develop yourself I mean you will always encounter some uh, stumbling block and somebody might not be in a way that you uh, you like but you can always work on yourself and that's the thing you can actually influence your knowledge yeah. and your personal skills, and that will take you forward. And I think there's another interesting um, piece of information there because technology is um, changing so much. It doesn't actually matter whether you have been around for 20 years or not. You know, um, what you actually need to be able to do is keep um, on top of what's happening, and you can always start because there's so much new stuff happening. You can start to learn, and then you can grow with it. And I think that is also an information for many women who are maybe interested but don't have all these long experience that they can now um, start learning. Absolutely, it takes some dedication. So yeah. I think in this, but it's it says in any job, you have to be, you have to love it. <laughs> Yes, you have to be curious about it. You Mm -hmm. have to have this inner interest. And if you have it, then of course, it will not be a problem for you to read one more article at the end of the day to see Mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, but you have to be enthusiastic about it. And again, uh, we are with uh, a bit with a uh, passion for technology. I mean, it's it's uh, there's the saying by Simon Sinek: you shouldn't hire for uh, knowledge, but for passion, because you can teach knowledge, but you cannot teach passion. I mean, Absolutely. of course, I mean, I don't even want to say that you have to follow your passion when looking for a job, because passion can come with knowing more about the job. A lot of women don't actually know what we do in IT. And actually, a lot of people don't understand what IT means, what kind of roles there are, what technologies there are. So maybe when you go into IT, then you might find something you're actually passionate about. Now you just might just have a mild interest and it might grow into a passion, you know? Absolutely. I always try to say that for me, the whole IT and uh, computers are just tools, tools to reach 
some other results. It's what yeah. helps us. It's not like usually people try to treat it as the main point. No, it's a uh, connecting point, you between you and data and something else. Mm -hmm. And we also talk about it that there are, when we hire, for example, that there are pleasure-driven people and purpose-driven people. Mm -hmm. Pleasure-driven people, they're always focused on money, how I can earn more or something. But we are looking for this purpose-driven people who mm -hmm. thinks, okay, how I can bring value to someone? Mm -hmm. What do I need to learn a bit more in order to bring better results? Um, where can I go a bit, maybe an extra mile, mm -hmm. but it's at the end, I will feel better as a person. And this is what mm -hmm. these people are the core, let's say, of uh, every good company. That's also such an important segue into the fact that technology is not technology for technology's sake. This is something that is transforming society. And I think that is what hooked me on uh, the whole topic in the beginning, because I, you know, I studied chemistry. I did not study uh, computer science or anything. And when I was doing my, my master's and my PhD, I was in theoretical chemistry. And that was on the onset of the internet. And what I saw there was uh, this, this uh, possibility to connect, you know, I, I immediately understood what kind of um, possibilities it opened, you know, and that's why I then wanted to know more about computers. It wasn't because I was terribly interested in the computer itself. It was actually around, you know, this amazing new possibility to talk to people, to find information, to interact over, you know, large distances and and yeah we will, must always think what is this technology doing to society what is the what is the actually the benefit it's not okay yes i have this feature i have this feature yeah but for what you know absolutely so and there are lots of also ethics involved in uh, being a developer mm -hmm. and um yeah it's a particular um, profile mm -hmm. of a person who has to work in it in my opinion and uh, so mainly purpose-driven and mainly um yeah enthusiasts this is the yeah. right word i think and that brings me to another point why i feel it's so important that more women work in it and why i'm doing this uh this uh, spotlight series because um as you said uh, we um need purpose-driven people and we need people who are diverse because technology is a reflection of the people who create it and if you have only men of a certain type creating technology, then the output will be technology that is for them. But we need technology for the entire society. So I feel that we need more diversity, not only women, we need different religion, we need different cultural backgrounds, we need people from everywhere creating this technology that will support our society and transform our society so that it will be usable for all of us. And then it will also reflect our, <clears throat> our needs and use cases. So that's why I feel so we need so much more women here. Yeah, and uh, the main point which I had to learn also from my experience, um, people think different than yourself. You have to accept it. Mm -hmm. But it's also a beauty of this. Being in a diverse environment, everyone thinks different, but at the mm -hmm. end you get the best result from this being different. You need to accept that other people sometimes may be slower than you are, mm -hmm. but they're more structured, for example. So there is always strengths and weaknesses in every person. And you need to focus on the strengths and bringing the whole team together. And um, yeah, in IT, it's very important to have this diverse environment. Yeah. It's so very it's true good. because I see certain teams um, that consist mainly like of white 50 year old men. And it's like talking to yourself. I mean, everyone has the same mindset, everyone has the same ideas. And it's kind of, yeah, 
there's nothing that that kind of um, makes it grow. I don't know what the word is Absolutely. in English. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the more diversity you have, the, the better. I agree with it. I saw it in my uh, previous companies. I see it in my current company. Every time we bring someone new on board who is different, we start we change our direction a bit like mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. by a bit but at the end we're already in an absolutely different place and we would be mm -hmm. and that's um, absolutely a very important topic and that's why um, i'm also participating in all these um, mentoring let's say activities to to tell women and girls please go to it don't be afraid and we right now it's way better than it was 15 years ago we're already here for you every time when you need an advice or you need a support come to us and we will be able to to help you we will be mm -hmm. able to resolve some situations at least exactly. on a mental level <laughs> we, will yeah. we were there we were there before and so we're there now for the next generation it's important to be there it's important to promote it too yeah. mentoring such an important topic as well um are you in a mentoring program or can people just um you know connect with you on linkedin and ask you questions um yeah. You can uh, always connect to me on LinkedIn. Sometimes I have a, a bit of trouble with my 25,000 people there <laughs> because LinkedIn are not able to handle all the messages. Mm -hmm. So, um, But don't hesitate, text me. If I don't reply, it's probably the message, but um, managed in just, just text one more time. I'm, okay. I'm very happy to, mm -hmm. to help other people. I'm very happy to, as you can see, I was on all these conferences on many events i know many companies and i always hear about new position opening about new um junior position or senior position and i'm always happy to be this um to connect people with the right companies and to give any advice any tech source if someone wants to learn something about a new language or something i probably read about it already because i do it <laughs> every day and uh well, at least if you would like to have a good uh, just conversation um, okay. about technology. Anything. That's wonderful. And that's uh, a wonderful point to end this interview, actually. Um, thank you so much, Karina, for joining me here. Thank you for talking about your journey and offering to mentor other women, which is such an important uh, topic, the support we can give to women who come after us. And, and yeah. Thank you Monke, very much for inviting me and for discussing all of these important topics. And I wish you a big success with your this initiative. It's amazing. Thank you very much again. Thank you and bye. bye.